This episode of the Royal Ramble is dedicated to the memory of Wyndham Rotunda, otherwise known as Bray Wyatt. He was a man with many names and many faces, a man of many personalities, from Wyndham Rotunda to Husky Harris to Bray Wyatt to The Fiend. I cannot begin to even describe the amount of talent it takes to pull that off, but he made us believe. He was a Nexus member, an eater of worlds, a fiend, a character, a personality, a son, a brother, a friend, a father, a peer, a husband, a man. He would make you laugh, he'd make you cry, he'd make you live in fear, he'd haunt your dreams, but he would always entertain. Now I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. I'm sure many of you have noticed over the years that I've been very critical of Bray Wyatt, especially recently. But as I took some time to reflect on it and actually think about why that was, I realized that it wasn't Bray Wyatt that I was criticizing, but mostly his booking. I just felt like modern-day creative did not know how to write for such a character, and certainly not know how to book him. It got very formulaic and repetitive, kind of like Brock Lesnar, where he would just randomly target a new person to feud with, but there would really be no reason why these two people are feuding, and then he'd lose most of those feuds. And the more he lost, I feel like the less value he had as a character, and it suddenly didn't feel so special to beat him anymore. They tried several times to revive the character, but I don't think it really ever worked. However, his character work and actual talent were probably some of the best that I've seen in recent memory. His words and actions were just so captivating, and he made you believe that he really was the fiend or the eater of worlds, etc. He was an incredible talent, and from what I've heard, an all-around great human being. So how do we even begin to describe the legacy of Wyndham Rotunda? I'm probably not qualified to do that, but I will try my best. And I think the best place to start is at the very beginning. Wyndham Lawrence Rotunda entered this world on May 23, 1987, and if his name didn't make it clear enough, he was born into a wrestling family. The son of former multiple-time WWE Tag Team Champion Mike Rotunda, better known to the WWE audience as IRS, though he did compete in the NWA and later WCW under his real name, and also Michael Wall Street. Wyndham was also the grandson of Robert Mulligan, one of the original Blackjacks. Two of his uncles, Barry and Kendall Wyndham, also wrestled in WCW, the former also having a brief run in the WWE and was a member of the legendary Four Horsemen in the NWA and WCW. Wyndham's younger brother Taylor also competed in the WWE under the ring name Bo Dallas and was a former NWA heavyweight champion, and many had speculated that he would have eventually portrayed the Uncle Creepy character, which was part of Wyndham's most recent storyline. Wyndham attended Hernando High School, where he competed in both amateur wrestling and football. He won a state wrestling championship at 275 pounds. Following high school, he continued playing football as a defensive tackle and guard at the College of the Sequoias for two seasons, and earned second-team All-American honors as a sophomore offensive guard at the California Ju Junior College. 
He went to Troy University on a football scholarship and played for two more years, but ultimately decided to become a professional wrestler, so he left the university 27 credit hours short of earning a bachelor's degree. Being in a wrestling family did open many doors for Wyndham, including getting him a WWE tryout. But I would say it must have been harder too because he had more to prove, and there's certainly a lot of pressure to walk in your father's, grandfather's, and uncle's shadows. Eventually, he created his own legacy, which is no easy task. He had his first professional match on February 5th, 2009 on an episode of Florida Championship Wrestling, defeating Brian Jossie in a dark match. He made his official television debut the following April using the name Alex Rotundo, but soon changed it to Duke Rotundo. In June 2009, he started teaming with his brother Bo. The Rotundo brothers won the FCW Florida Tag Team titles on July 23, 2009, defeating Justin Angel and Chris Logan. They held those belts for four months, until eventually losing them to the Dude Busters in November 2009. I first saw Wyndham Rotunda as a member of the second season of NXT in June 2010. At first glance, I honestly didn't think much of him. This is until I saw what he could do. If they hadn't said anything, I probably wouldn't have even known that he was part of a wrestling family, which I think ended up helping him in the long run because the comparisons weren't too obvious. My first thought is this guy looked like he was out of shape. I think he was a lot bigger back then, but honestly, he was one of the immediate standouts that season. His promo work and mannerisms were top of the class in my opinion, and even though he appeared overweight, he moved around like a cruiserweight, which really impressed me. Once that season of NXT ended, Wyndham's name may have opened another door for him, as he was one of the few talents that season to receive an immediate main roster call-up, and was also thrust into a main event storyline as part of the Nexus under the leadership of Wade Barrett, and later the new Nexus, which had been taken over by CM Punk. He was a participant in the first ever 40-man Royal Rumble match in 2011 and was heavily involved in the build toward WrestleMania 27 but was still noticeably green and written off TV after receiving a punt to the head from Randy Orton. Once the Nexus was disbanded, it was clear that there was nothing left for him to do and so he was sent back to developmental to receive further training, which may have been the best thing to ever happen to him. Over the next few years, NXT had graduated from an almost unwatchable talent competition to a full-on developmental program. It legitimately became the third brand of WWE programming next to Raw and SmackDown, and especially after the launch of the WWE Performance Center in Florida, it allowed people like Wyndham to not only develop characters, which he did, but also it provided him the opportunity to learn from some of the legends that preceded him. Admittedly, I stopped watching NXT for the next little while, but decided to tune into a random episode, and then I saw this new character Bray Wyatt, and he completely blew me away. Wyndham was doing the Eater of Worlds gimmick at the time, which I think was probably the best time of his career, and certainly the highlight for me. Just watching his promo, I was hanging on to every word, and you can tell who some of his inspirations were, just by listening to him. I saw hints of Jake Roberts and maybe some Arn Anderson or perhaps Dusty Rhodes thrown in there. There were a lot of biblical references. His gimmick was also very similar to Robert De Niro's Max Cady character from Cape Fear, and it totally worked for him. He went from a follower in the Nexus to leading his own group, or family as it were, and both Eric Rowan and the late John Huber, then known as Luke Harper, fit well with the character and only made Wyndham stand out more. 
His character work in the Wyatt family eventually earned him a main roster call-up, and he was again immediately placed in main event storylines, feuding with top names such as Daniel Bryan, Kane, CM Punk, The Shield, and John Cena. The six-man tag between the Wyatt family and The Shield was, in my opinion, one of the best matches of that year, and maybe one of the best of Wyndham's in-ring career. He also had a great match with Daniel Bryan at the 2014 Royal Rumble and was in one of the top build matches at WrestleMania 30 versus John Cena. The match was okay, but I was more captivated by Wyatt's entrance and overall stage presence. It really felt like he belonged in there with the best in the business. That said, I think it was a huge mistake having him lose to Cena, and for me, the character just never felt the same afterwards. He was still at or near the top of the card, but almost every program that followed he was losing, which ended up devaluing him and his character even more. He lost to Chris Jericho, he lost to The Undertaker, he lost to Roman Reigns, and a proposed match between him and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 32 was rejected by the Beast himself, which I don't think he ever recovered from. The 2016 Superstar Draft probably helped Wyndham's career a little bit as he was able to stand out more with the thinner roster. He was a sole survivor for Team SmackDown in the men's elimination match at Survivor Series that year, and then reached the pinnacle of his career the following February, winning the Elimination Chamber match to capture not only his first singles title in WWE, but the WWE Championship. Unfortunately, it was only intended as a transitional run, and he would soon drop that title to Randy Orton at WrestleMania 33, another devastating loss for Wyndham, and in my opinion, not one of the greatest matches either. By 2018, the company attempted a face turn for Wyatt, teaming him with the fan favorite Matt Hardy, who had reintroduced a character that he had recently invented to a new audience, but I didn't feel like the team ever really took off, and sooner than later, Wyndham was once again left with nothing creatively. In an effort to reinvent himself, Wyndham was given the Fiend gimmick in the summer of 2019, and I actually really enjoyed it at first. It was different, and he had a very intimidating look. I also liked the idea of his human-like character being used in the angle as well, as it kind of resembled a Jekyll and Hyde kind of character. But eventually, like most of his characters, this one quickly got stale as well. He would no-sell for some of the top babyfaces, wrestle under a weird red light, which was very distracting to the audience, and I think that whole feud with Seth Rollins kind of killed the whole gimmick, especially that Hell in a Cell match that had never really ended. And if that wasn't enough to kill it, they certainly accomplished that by having Wyndham drop the Universal title to Bill Goldberg the following February. He eventually regained the championship, beating Braun Strowman at SummerSlam that year, but again was clearly a transitional champion as he lost the belt to Roman Reigns just one week later. One of his most recent feuds was against Randy Orton in 2021, but I never really bought the idea of Wyndham being set on fire, and especially in front of empty arenas and what they called the WWE Thunderdome. It just didn't work. Following the passing of his friend John Huber in 2020, I really don't think Wyndham was ever the same. This is all speculation, of course, but even with his most recent television performances, it didn't seem that his heart was really in it anymore. He was released from the WWE in the spring of 2021, but after Paul Levesque took over control of WWE Creative last year, Wyndham was re-signed and made his much-anticipated return in October 2022. The return was well done, but then what? 
That seemed like a very common question regarding pretty well all of Wyndham's different incarnations. He was placed into a feud with LA Knight at the start of this year, but that was his only match and program since returning three months earlier. I felt like the character never really went anywhere, and the audience was just kind of left waiting for something to happen. But as I said earlier, I loved Wyndham Rotunda as a performer, he was one of the best, and he did just about all he could with everything he was given. Even the characters were actually not bad, but I just felt like creative just didn't know how to book these characters, and it showed in the performances. Wyndham married his first wife, Samantha, in 2012, and the couple had two daughters together before she filed for divorce in 2017. Wyndham then started dating fellow WWE personality and former ring announcer Jojo Offerman, and they had a son together in 2019, whose godfather is WWE star Braun Strowman. Wyndham and Jojo later had a daughter in 2020, and were engaged in 2022 until his passing in 2023. Rotunda died of a heart attack while asleep at his home in Brooksville, Florida on August 24, 2023. He was 36 years old. Shortly after his death, it was revealed that the illness was COVID-19, which had exacerbated a pre-existing heart condition. Regardless of which company Wyndham was affiliated with, it was just so satisfying to see the wrestling community as a whole pay tribute to the man in their own way. He was clearly loved by many and had friends in basically every promotion. His gimmicks may not have been for everyone, but I don't think anyone can disagree that he wasn't a remarkable talent. And now he can finally be reunited with his brother John Huber in their heavenly kingdom. I didn't really understand what this meant when he first used it in his promo, but after seeing all the love that Wyndham received, I can see that this man may truly have had the whole world in his hands. Again, I'm not going to end this show in the traditional way. Instead, I will simply say, rest in peace, my friend. <laughs> <laughs>